Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Help, I'm an Adult, the podcast all about adulting from someone, me, going through the ups and downs of it all with you. So let's get into today's topic and hope you enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome to Help, I'm an Adult podcast and uh, if you're new to the channel or new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. It's nice to have you. I'm Sharon Alfred, your host for today. Well, always anyway. And today we're talking all things working during COVID, basically. I have my dear friend, my sister. Well, not by blood, but she is still my sister. Heritage, she's here with us. Actually, Dr. Heritage Oluwaronke. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> yes, Dr. Heritage Oluwaronke. And we are discussing working during COVID times. So introduce yourself to the people. So like she said, my name is Heritage Oluwaronke. Um, yeah, so I am a newly qualified doctor. We have a doctor in the family. That's all we care about. Well, like, yes. Yeah, so it's super exciting. I'm still baby, baby doctor, newly qualified. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, so my, I think I'll kick things off with a question. And then, so where were you once COVID <laughs> happened and hit? So actually, funny story. I was in the Philippines. Um, so for my final year of uni, um, you do something called a medical elective where you do a hospital placement anywhere around the world. Mm-hmm. So I chose the Philippines. So I was nice. there when COVID kicked off and we went into lockdown. Uh, so unfortunately, my trip got cut short and I had to come back. Um, and yeah, I had to come back into lockdown came back into lockdown and then we got a message from our uni basically saying that final year medical students and nursing students were going to be graduated early and thrown out into the workforce <laughs> to help with covid um yeah so that i think that was not how i expected my 2020 Ooh, and graduation i was looking forward to a whole graduation yeah, party me too, me everything too. I had my dress, I had everything. I was so upset that I didn't get a graduation. Um, so what ha- What was like, so you knew you were coming back, they said you're graduating, mm-hmm. you're basically starting work, but you didn't know where, like I'm guessing you already had your placement, your yeah. job like secured in a hospital. So like, what was it like thinking, I'm going to go into work basically in a hospital, which is like the COVID hotspot, if you put it that way. Like getting to yeah. interact with people. I think it was definitely a fear of the unknown in a lot of ways. Um, so I already had my job secured, so I already knew what hospital I was going to be working in. Um, and then I got back and everything was just the unknown because no one knew how COVID was progressing. Mm. And then um, the health secretary just announced that they would like uh, mm. year medical students and nursing students to um, be graduated early and um, put in the workforce to help. And I think, I don't know really what my feelings were. I think I was, I don't think I was particularly nervous because I don't know, it's the career I chose mm-hmm. and I knew it was inevitable. I was, I was going to go into hospital anyway. Um, but I think it was just, obviously you you have nerves of first time working your first yeah, job we'll, we'll anyway, yeah. um, regardless of what that job is. And then it was just expedited by COVID because I didn't know what hospital was like mm-hmm. um, since pre-COVID. So I think it was more that of a first job, but this is such so, yeah, weird a high intensity. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of, 
I can't even imagine doing that because I remember just them saying like everybody's working from home now and I was like yes this is it <laughs> whereas I was like when you came back and I, you, you were going to hospital I just remember being like God please like keep her safe I didn't know how intense like I don't know how intense it is in hospitals you're in Cardiff in Cardiff mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly the program like do they are you secure and people were talking about how like the PPR like mm-hmm. protective stuff wasn't enough and I was like please let heritage be safe this is what she's always wanted to do let it all work out well but it seems to be going well like have you had a moment in hospital where you're like ooh, maybe <laughs> not today i think the biggest thing for me when i started was i had massive imposter syndrome so like i we've all worked really hard um for years and years and years um and it was I was always looking forward to my first job and you know being a qualified doctor and like everything I've always wanted to be and everything and yeah. it was super exciting, but there was just an overwhelming sense of imposter syndrome when I actually um got into hospital, and then I think that was also expedited by the media oh, and yeah. my family and friends being so proud of me and like they were praying what? for me and and everything and. And I think it was just so, it was exciting, but it was just such a big moment that sometimes, you know, you get really insecure and you're Mm. like, I've got all this responsibility now, Mm -hmm. Um, can Mm -hmm. I handle it? So I think that was the biggest thing for me was everyone being like, oh, they're so proud of you and like the clapping for the NHS and when people find out you work for the NHS, everyone was so proud, which is so great. But I think it was just a... Yeah, I think I just I just had massive imposter syndrome. That was probably the biggest that. thing. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think at some point in adults in life, everyone experiences that imposter syndrome. Is like, hold up, is this me? Is this what is meant yeah. to be happening? Is this what this? Or even even if it's the plan all along, mm-hmm. you're just like, but is it though? I don't know. And um, with the you mentioned it briefly, but with the clapping with the NHS, how did that like? Was that like an empire? Because. You're the only person I know who works yeah. in the NHS. Was that something that you're like, yeah, thank you, everybody. like, was this something you needed? Do you think the NHS or people? This might be controversial, so I'm just gonna put that out there. But I just need to know, like, was it empowering? Was it helpful? Was it encouraging? What was it? So, okay, so just for a disclaimer, this is a personal view. This is the, I don't speak for all of the NHS staff. No one come at me. Um, <sighs> But I think, I remember the first week, I was like, oh, this is actually so great that everyone is really appreciating the NHS stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fine. And then, uh, to be honest, it kind of, it got old. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think I kind of, I did not, I became less of a fan of it. Mm. I think the problem was, yeah, there was a lot of pressures working for the NHS. And um, there's been a lot of... Um, things said about paid disputes and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um and i think there's more that could have been done than just a clap and i sometimes i felt like the government were like well here's your clap <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> so i was like oh yeah well the clap is great but then do more like yeah. we actually need more we need more in terms of funding for the nhs we mm-hmm. need more for support of staff we need more there's more that can be done so i think that's when the clap got annoying because it was kind of <laughs> to stop us from complaining yeah. for what actually matters in terms of True. funding and yeah. support and actually people. what will keep the nhs running exactly physically. and i understand i remember that first week like in our little clothes called the sec everyone was out pots and pans and i was like oh this is great 
I, it always happened to fall at the time I'm cooking dinner, so I was not risking burning mm-hmm. my food. But I was clapping and I had, I knew like, of course, my sister's part of this. People were like, yes, we're so proud of you. I'm not like standing outside my door. And then as the weeks went along, I realized the numbers reduced, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that was quick. Mm-hmm. Like week one, week two, yes, yes, yes. Week three, eh. Week, I, it got to like that point where you could just say like people either forgot or there was, there was, the first week there was somebody who did like, from, I don't know where that blow horn came from, but we could hear it. So everyone knew it was time yeah. to clap. But that blow horn did not happen at week three. I'm t- and from then on, nothing happened. So people just came out when they wanted. And I was like, oh, that was quick. Yeah. Everyone lost momentum about this. I guess maybe because it's a small, I live in a, such a small town. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the big towns. But I always wondered if it had an effect. So I guess, like, it's, it's, again, this is her personal view. Please, nobody add her as anything. please. Um, and also, in the midst of COVID, we're just going to talk touch on this really briefly. The Black Lives Matter movement became very prominent. And um, I've talked about this in, like, the first episode mm-hmm. anyway, to just summarize the whole of, mm-hmm. love, like, COVID, basically 2020. Yeah. And um, I know, like, we were both social media. We were there, like, mm-hmm. d- making our noises as much yeah. as we can on our, like, individual platforms. Absolutely. And I know at work now... I'm taking a break because I not, I literally feel like I've not had a break mentally from just separating and me having time for me to think about the whole thing. But I just went in head first because I was like, if nobody else is going to do it the way I believe it should be done, if I don't, or myself and some other, some of the other like race and community um, network in our office. So how is dealing with that? And being so, you basically like you've been in basically. I feel like at the front line of both <laughs> of the twenty twenty yeah. like matters and movements. First of all, COVID, but then dealing with COVID, being black in the mm-hmm. NHS, all of that jazz. Go. Oh, this it's such it, this is such a big topic. So, I'm, I'm here. I'm yeah, just, I'm ready to. Hear I mean, twenty twenty has been crazy. So, obviously, you know, exciting. I'm starting my first job. For the NHS and one thing we need to realize is I love the NHS so dearly but there's a massive massive problem in terms of racism in the NHS as well in terms of pay discrepancies between races between genders so I kind of I knew what I was going into as a career is that I would have to face that and like I'm sure a lot of black people, the Black Lives Matter movement, which has been incredible, I think it's definitely changed my 2020. Mm-hmm. It gave, it just gave people a platform to talk about things they've been meaning to talk about and things that they've been keeping in. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been aware of the fact that I'm black and like I'm I mean, dark skin. Like that. you can't, yeah, like you. Perfect, perfect everyone can see so clearly i can't change my skin color so i've always been very aware of my space in the world and how Mm. i fit into the world around me and so it was something that i was always going to be very cautious of going into working for the nhs and being a black female doctor which Mm. you know it's still a big thing being a black female doctor and i think i was just so i had so many emotions with black lives matter it made working really, really hard. I can imagine. Because through medical school, I've had my fair share of microaggressions and even macroaggressions from patients and colleagues. Um, and it's always been something that I could always brush, mm-hmm. um, brush off. And 
It, it wasn't fine, but I could handle it. I felt like, yeah, I'd like when you say brush off, I would say it's like you you know what it is, mm-hmm. but you're just like, Ugh, this is no battle yeah. that you're in. Like, you just don't have that, I, would I say push or just the intent to drive and want to actually fight it? It's just like, eh. yeah. So it's, it's, that, it, be, it becomes too normal. Yeah. It became yeah. too normal to accept it. Mm-hmm. And so we just accepted it. So that's what we mean by brush off. We're not just saying it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. It does. So there's this thing with racial fatigue, which I suffer (laughs) from, my friend. I suffer from racial fatigue. And I think that's the problem is because of that, you're just, you're you're exhausted. And Mm -hmm. sometimes to protect yourself, to protect your energy, sometimes you do have to just take things and just take it. Mm. To protect yourself in that situation. Because not a lot of environment is, it's, in a way where you could express yourself in a safe space. Um, but one thing I found, I was so empowered from Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. And I was empowered by young people my age and younger who were saying, no, we're mm-hmm. not taking this. We're going to speak so, up. I was so proud. The protest we went for, guys, I was literally, we sat there and the girl who, who basically, one of the girls who helped organize it, well, two of them. Yeah. And we know one of them because we went to the same high school. And um, I was, I just remember them giving their speech and I was like, I was the first person to stand up in a crowd to be like, yes, girl, you literally just spoke our yeah. minds. It was so empowering. And this was like in the town we grew up, well, we, we grew up in, which is predominantly white, mm-hmm. understandable in Britain. But like the, when I say the macro and microaggressions that we ex- I experienced in this mm-hmm. town, wow but um yeah i can imagine as you can imagine like on the previous episode when this all kicked off i did like what i call the emergency episode speaking up and i spoke and then myself and some of my friends um from uni and work were on the podcast as well and everybody was like basically said what it is they would like to do in terms of moving the if not even even if not under the black lives matter umbrella but actually discussing and fighting the injustices racial injustices in the world so is there anything that you like how would you say you've done that and made that move well that's a big question so what i've done in terms of fighting the racial yeah and actually like in whatever so i know like for us at work they're very keen on like education Mm -hmm. and driving an education educative piece Mm -hmm. so what and well i'll say i'm i'm supporting but that's not like my key thing my thing Mm -hmm. my thing is more like allowing people to actually speak up and giving people the confidence to say and when I say people, black people in the office, confidence to be like, call out whoever and whoever. So even if it's a boss, 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 I can confidently go and report them and be like, yo, they were racist. This is what they did. So that's kind of my, st- that's where mm. I'm standing in terms of work. So is there anything, so it doesn't have to be work related, just yeah. in life generally. I think for me, one thing that I've learned and I've grown in, so I've given myself a lot of grace in this in 2020 is patience. So I think part of my racial fatigue, my chronic racial fatigue that I was suffering from before Black Lives Matter was that I just felt what, which I think on some levels I was right. I felt that it wasn't my, um, it wasn't my responsibility to educate non-black people. Like it's not my responsibility. Yeah, I agree agree with that Um, completely. I, and I got to a point in my life where I just decided that 
ignorance is just not a good enough reason for whatever micro macroaggression you're throwing ignorance at me. Ignorance is not an excuse Just anymore. because you don't know. Because this is the thing. I love this generation because there's this is the most access anyone has ever had to any like in, just to information yeah, to information and so it's out there staring at you in the face and you calling ignorance is because you've sorry, chosen. you've just chosen to just not look at it yeah and i said so that was my biggest thing where i just i refuse to educate people i just took it as your person like this is who you are mm-hmm. whatever you throw at me and i think one thing i've grown in and i've got a lot of grace in is education yeah so obviously a lot of us social media is an amazing platform to just put that out there Mm -hmm. even (laughs) as aggressive as you want (laughs) just educate the masses um so i think i got a lot of grace in actually being patient and educating people and being like okay this is such a great time because this is the time people are listening yeah, to everyone actually, is paying yeah, attention, paying attention yeah. and like educate people and give people resources um and you know and then i can be like well then <laughs> ignorance you have no excuse for that ignorance. yeah but i've told you exactly I've told as you, and I've, I've educated you i've given you resources and i even had difficult conversations with best friends i had i had the similar thing but i had this friend be like i listened to the podcast mm-hmm. i listened to what like you and your friends discussing and all of that and she was like, can we have a phone call? Just because, again, she grew up in a not-so-diverse background. She was saying, like, the most diverse they had was, like, a Filipino family. Mm-hmm. And she was friends with the girl. And that was it for most of her. And I was like, okay, that's... But I was even glad she reached out, at least. I didn't... You know what? Like, there were friends... Well, I say friends. Now, possibly acquaintances. <laughs> who never said a word. Yeah. They never posted. If you're not a social media person, I, I actually understood if they don't mm-hmm. post. But if I've if I've had a conversation with you in this between then and now, and you still not acknowledge or ask how you're doing or like even when I brought up the topic and you've somewhat brushed it off, oh I noticed, yeah. I noticed very much. But there are some people and but this girl I was like oh I don't know why I didn't think of it like in mm-hmm. terms of I didn't think oh she'd find it difficult for some reason because she's again, dear friend, like pure heart, just such a lovely person. And when she, we had a good like hour, almost an hour and a half on the phone. And she's like, I just need, I want to understand better why this is a big deal. And I was like, okay. So, and then she explained, she was like, oh, that's why when this happened, when we were in this place, I was like, yes, that's what. And just seeing her actually understand it, I was like, okay, so maybe this is why I should educate people. <laughs> that was, that was my point. Cause at first I was like can't be bothered to educate because even i don't know everything that's another thing everyone believes every black person knows every black history i don't know stuff. i don't know i, I don't know i'm literally educating myself in 2020 about a lot of things and the thing is there is a lot of grace of falling down because mm-hmm. i fall down with some stuff and i think i appreciate people coming to me with honesty mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah for sure and not sugarcoating things and especially people who i'm really good friends with there's a safe space and i'm talking about non-black people Mm -hmm. there's a safe space for you to come to me and say you're toxic that you don't know is toxic (laughs) but yeah like what your thoughts were or your i don't know pre-assumptions or whatever um to come to me because it's a safe space and then we can talk about it rather than just 
not saying anything because you don't want to offend me. Yeah, I'd rather, like you said, I'd rather you say something than say nothing. Yeah. Annoying. There's so much that we could cover on this, I'm just saying, but I feel like we've been going on for a while. We and have. <laughs> there's just so much. But in summary, I would say, would you say you enjoy being a doctor in this time? Or is it more like the challenge that it brings in being, well, black and COVID mm-hmm. times? Is, is the, Are you enjoying it? Is it good? I think one what thing advice? I'd say is Ooh. I love my job. I don't know anything else. So I don't know what it's like to be a doctor without COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be a doctor without the 2020 Black Lives Matter movement. So I think I don't do a lot of what if, what ifs. This is my situation. This is all I know. And I love it. Um, and so that's one thing I would say is I love my job. And yeah. You're good. Well, I'm glad you could join me today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And, we could uh, talk for hours. We actually could. <laughs> so, sorry, this is going for a while. But, um, yeah, I will definitely, like, as always, keep you in my prayers all the time. Thank and um, do you want to share your socials? Do you need followers? On yeah. Insta- um, she's very active on Instagram. On ins- I would say probably Instagram. No one needs to follow my TikTok. I am a TikTok. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, <laughs> should we... <laughs> TikTok as well. No, I'm a TikTok addict, but that's just for me. Um, but so my Instagram is Dr. Hairs, so D R underscore H E Z, um, and it's public. So yeah, follow me. Workouts are there when she works out. When I work out, you can see I've been slacking a bit because <laughs> I've been tired, but yeah, um, it's um, kind of a mixture yeah, of it's random like a things. day in the life happens. There's some skincare routine stuff you can look at. You she also posted like things you can watch, so the entertainment fact to like educate yourself. Yeah, it's a lot there. like she's, everything feed. is on there. It's on her feed, so I'll probably put a link to that below because we've talked about that more on this. And um, yeah, that's it for today. Um, other than that, goodbye, people, and see you next time. Don't forget to hit the subscribe and thumbs up button to get notifications. Subscribe and share this beautiful podcast. We love you. Yes. All right, that's it for now. I hope that was helpful and someone out there can relate. So to stay up to date on all new episode drops, click that subscribe, follow or like button, depending on what platform you're listening on. Also, feel free to go share with your circle, with your people, anyone that can find this possibly helpful. On socials, you can go follow at Help I Am An Adult on Instagram and on Facebook. So go follow and like us on there. Thank you all till next time. Happy adulting.